Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Today, I want to talk to us about Christmas. Christmas. Amen. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, if you're taking down notes, uh, I, I want you to write this down. That The title of my message today is called Remembering Christmas. Remembering Christmas. Amen. Uh, you know, I know um, some of us might be thinking, oh, you know, uh, I, I, I kind of get the gist of this message. You know, he's going to tell us that Jesus is the reason for the season. You know, uh, if you've been in church long enough, you probably know that, that tagline. Uh, but, but, but tell your neighbor, no, 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 it, it, it's better than that, okay? Uh, so just hang in there, there's a twist. Tell them there's a twist, okay? Uh, so remembering Christmas, you know, as Christians, um, there's really two big occasions that uh, we, we know two big holy days, not just holiday, but holy days for us. Uh, three, if you want to be technical, but basically it's Easter and Christmas. Three, why? Because it's Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday, and then Christmas. But it's two seasons. Uh, and of course, we know Easter, Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday, you know, it's, 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 it's us remembering what God has done to show that He loved us. And Christmas is about how God came to show us that He loves us. And, and the thing about Christmas is this, that you know, we really uh, must not forget that it's about Jesus. We must not forget. We must not remove Christ out of Christmas. Because if you did, you're just left with must. No, M-A-S and, 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 and mass if you're from Malaysia. And, and not to get controversial, but mass cannot save you. Oh, 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 is it too soon? Too soon to crack this kind of jokes? No, no, no. I mean, all, I mean, all that aside, you know, or, or just the word M-A-S. You know, for me, as I was preparing this message, God told me that if you remove Christ from Christmas, all you're left with is M for materialism. That's why all the shopping, all the sales. You know, A for alcohol. That's why, you know, everyone's going for drinks, drinks, drinks. You know, just the other day, you know, we were having dinner. Me and Pastor Kim were having dinner at a pub nearby our house. And they were telling us so proudly, oh, we're open for Christmas Day. And uh, I was just telling Kat, I go like, you know what? I think I found out this truth. I think the real church of England is not the Anglican church, it's the local pub. Uh, you know, that's where everyone gathers every Sunday. Whether they believe in Jesus or not, they gather there every Sunday. Even Christmas Day, they must gather, you know, for, for a meal, for a drink, whatever. And, and, and sometimes, if you remove Christ, remove Jesus away from Christmas, it can just be like a, a season of just self-indulgence, getting drunk and hangovers and all that. Or, or worse, ask for, 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 you know, sanctimonious, sanctimonious, big word, write it down, sanctimonious. It just means self-righteousness, you know, because without Christ, you know, we, we can, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, see Christmas as just like an over-charitable season. Everybody, you notice everybody's in the giving mood, you know, but it's, it's really just, you know, giving to make themselves feel better, you know, because if you're really generous, you'll be giving throughout the year. But, but, but Christmas, we only give. Now, don't get me wrong, maybe, you know, uh, that there's power in giving even if it's just for one season, but if you truly remove Christ from it, it's, it's really just materialism, alcohol, and, and self-righteousness, but, but, but that shouldn't be the case. Amen? You know, if if, if, if you find that the example is, is too strong, you know, uh, okay, let me, let, me, let me change it up, you know. Uh, Christmas without Christ is like um, opening a beautifully wrapped Christmas present only to find that it's an empty box. You know, have, have, you, have you been to youth camp before? Uh, you know, every now and then, uh, you know, youth leaders have all these crazy game ideas, you know. Uh, and and there's, there's one, you know, where uh, I just remember, you know, I was so disappointed that they pass this huge parcel with, with beautiful wrapping paper. And, and every time it, it lands on you, you're supposed to unwrap it. And it's, and the end, it's just wrapping paper after wrapping paper after wrapping paper. And, and the box gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And, and, and that's what Christmas is like without Christ. Because you, all you have is beautiful, beautiful. Because, you know, some people will go like, well, I like Christmas because, you know, I like the lights. You know, I, I like uh, 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 the food. You know, I like the vibe. I like the fireplace. I like the carols. I like Michael Bublé. Whatever it is, you know, and these are all just rappers. Beautiful rappers. Don't get me wrong. Michael Bublé, great 
great job, but no turkey, wonderful, you know, hot chocolate. Who doesn't love it? But these are just wrappers and ribbons. And, and, and it feels like if we remove Christ, you know, do you see what I'm getting at church? Sometimes even as Christians, we can be so fixated about the wrapping. You know, you know I don't know about you, but, but for, for some people, Christmas ain't Christmas until... Uh, you know, the, the, the light on Oxford Street comes on. Christmas is not Christmas until they had hot chocolate. Christmas is not Christmas until, I don't know, they, they, they had a gift exchange. But, but all those things are, are beautiful wrappings. And the call of it without Jesus is just an empty box. What, what a disappointment. And, 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 and friends, I don't want you to be disappointed this Christmas. I don't want you to be hyped up for the wrong reason. We, we, we must remember Jesus. It's really about Jesus. Amen? And, and, and it, no, uh, but what does it mean to remember Christmas? What does it mean to remember Jesus? Is remembering enough? You know, like I said earlier on, yeah, 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 I get it, Pastor. Long-winded way of saying, yes, Jesus is the reason. Yeah, yeah, so what if you remember? Is remembering enough? You know, imagine if it's your friend's birthday, right? You know, if it's, again, anyone celebrate. I know of at least one person whose birthday is today, so shout out, you know who you are. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that's, that's very safe. That way everybody will feel, oh, I'm special. I mean, no, you are special. Um, and, and, and the thing is this, right? Let's say your friend's birthday is today and then all you do is remember that it's their birthday. Is that enough? Is that enough? You know, you meet them two months later. Hey, I remembered it was your birthday. And that was all. You know, what a disappointment. You know, hey, people who are dating, if, if you know, write this down. If you, if you don't like spiritual stuff, write this very practical. If your boyfriend or girlfriend, all they do is just remember your anniversary Remember your birthday and do nothing else and go like, I remember. You know, it's empty. You, 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 that, that, that's hollow, right? And so, yes, we should remember that it's about Jesus, but that remembering must lead to action, right? You know, it's just like when you remember someone's birthday, the least you could do is send them a text message. Say, it's happy birthday. And if you want to up it, give them a call. If you really up it, buy them a present. If you want to up it, bring them out for a meal. If you really up it, throw them a surprise party. No pressure. You know, but, <laughs> but you know, remembrance must lead to action. And that's what I want to talk about today. Action. How do we remember Christmas? By putting Christmas into action. By acting upon Christmas. Well, how do you act upon Christmas? Well, I'm glad you asked. I've got three points. Three ways in which you can act upon Christmas. For Christmas to be more than just sound and lights for you. For Christmas to mean something powerful within you. I've got three points for you and they all start with the letter R. The first point is this, reposition. Reposition. Remembering that it's about Jesus should lead you to reposition the priorities in your life. Let's turn to some scripture. Luke chapter 2, verse 4 to 12. Why don't we turn to some, you know, scripture? Because, uh, you know, we want to we wanna learn from the Word of God. Luke chapter 2, verse 4 to 12. And, um, you know, we're, I'm going to read, but we're going to focus on verse 11. But I'm going to read from verse 4 anyway. So Joseph, right, chapter 2, verse 4 to 12. Joseph also went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. This is, uh, you know, this is the story of Christmas. This is about how Jesus was, was going to be born, right? And let's go on. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, his engaged wife, who was with child. Ooh, we'll go into that later on in the second point. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, 
There were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings, good news, guys, of great joy which will be to all people. Verse 11, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. Amen. You know, we, we read this passage uh, every time around Christmas time and we go like, yes, you know, Jesus was born in Bethlehem and, and his birth, you know, it, it, was, it, it was heralded by angels and, 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 and shepherds were some of the first witnesses. Uh, but, but, but in all of that, all, sometimes all we, we do when we read this, we just remember about the nativity scene. But, but no, 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 there's, there's no power in, a, in just a scene. Uh, there's power when you begin to reposition. How should you reposition? Verse 11 says this, For there is born to you this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We must not forget, friends, that Jesus, while He came as a baby initially, even as a baby, he was still Savior, he was still Christ, he was still Lord. Yeah. And the question that, that we need to ask ourselves is that as we celebrate Christmas, as we remember that it's all about Jesus, yeah. have we mispositioned Jesus? Have we been treating him like a baby? You know, oh baby, come on, just just you know, let the adults run the show. Yeah. But no, 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 no. He is Savior. He is, he is Christ, the Messiah. He is Lord. And and these three things, as I begin to prepare this message, the, the Lord begin to break it down. Savior, right? Uh, uh, it, it 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 speaks about the solution because the solution, the the, the problem with mankind is the human problem. And the solution is that we needed to be saved. A drowning person who doesn't know how to swim cannot save themselves. Another person must dive in to rescue them. Yeah. And that is the only solution for a drowning person. Yeah. And the same, this year, have you gone about this year trying to solve things by yourself? Have you replaced God as Savior over your life. As Christians, sometimes we can be like that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for salvation. But you know, when it comes to my job, I've, I've, I've got this. I've got this. And, and you've been trying. And the whole year, it's, it's brought you, you know, so much maybe frustration, sadness, uh, 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 you know, maybe emotionally or even in a very sad and bad place because because, friends, you're not meant to be Savior. Jesus is meant to be Savior. You are not the solution. Yes, you are beautiful. Yes, you are talented. Yes, you probably have a good sense of humor and probably quite good-looking as well. Turn to your neighbor and says, you're pretty good-looking. He's talking about you. But despite all those accolades, you are not the Savior. Let God be God. Have you repositioned Him accidentally? Jesus, He is Savior. Let Him save you. Let Him solve your problem. Let Him solve your problem at work. Let Him solve your problem in your family. Let Him solve your problem in your life, whatever you're wrestling with. Let Him solve it. Let Him heal you. Let Him touch you. Let Him provide for you. Let Him solve it. Amen? Amen. Christ, Christ. You know how many know that Christ is not, we learned this at home, it is not Jesus' surname, right? It's not Mr. Christ, but my friends call me Jesus. No, no, no. It, it, it's a title. Christ means the anointed one. The anointed one. When it comes to anointing, do you know what anointing means? Shorthand, anointing means power. Power. Power from God. And so, you know, Jesus is the Christ. He's the one. He's the power from God. He's the one. He's the only one who is strong enough. Yeah. He is only the one who's strong enough. The Christ, 
the Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one. He's the only one strong enough to defeat sin. He's the only one strong enough to take on our cross. He's only the one strong enough to, 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 to live the way that we should have lived and died the way that we should have died. He is the only one that is strong enough. Have you been going by your own strength, friends, this year? Would you reposition that and let Jesus be king of kings? You know, you can still be king over your life, king over your family, but remember that there's a king over you. Let him be king of kings. Don't go by your own strength. It will leave you fatigued. It will leave you burned out. But let Jesus replenish you. Let him be Messiah. Let him be Christ. And then Lord, Savior, who is Christ, the Lord. Lord. Lord implies that it's someone that we serve. Right? We serve. And so the question is, who have you been serving this year? Who have you been serving? Have you been serving money? Have you been serving your job? Have you been serving your boss? Have you been serving yourself? Who are you serving? Are you serving Christ? You see, the thing is this. Serving sounds like a negative word, but it all depends on who is your Lord. If you know that you have a good Lord, He is worth serving. Your company is not worth serving. You know, God bless all the business owners. Don't get me wrong. But the truth is this, and we tell our young working adults all the time, don't, don't sacrifice Jesus at the altar of your career and your success because the truth is this, day you fall sick, your company will replace you like that. The day you pass away, your company will replace you like that. But when you're penniless, Jesus will still love you and still deem you as irreplaceable. Jesus came. Why did He come? He came to ultimately bear our sins on the cross. Why? To show us our true worth. So who do you want to serve? A broken system that is built on greed and capitalism and competition? A dog-eat-dog system? Or do you want to serve the Lord who gave His life for you? That's what I mean by remembering Christmas. That if Jesus came as Savior, Christ, and Lord, then let it start in our lives. And so this year, friends, before the year ends, if, if for whatever reason your priorities have been misaligned, come on, align them back to God. Come on, if, 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 if you've kicked him off the, the throne of the Savior, no, no, come on. No, get yourself off the, the, the throne and put him there. Exalt him again. Amen. Put him and, and put him as number one. Put him as, uh, on the seat of the Savior. Put him on the seat of, of, of the, 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 the chosen one, the Messiah. Put him on the throne of the Lord of all lords. Reposition. Reposition. Amen. Praise God. And from repositioning, we move on to our second point, which is repair. Repair. Once you begin to reposition, once you begin to align with God, you know, that there, there, there is healing. In a very supernatural way, there is healing that will begin to take place. There is order that will begin to, to re-establish itself. Don't, don't take my word for it. Is, is it okay? Part number two is a little bit deeper. I don't want to lose you, so let's get into it. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 24. All right? Matthew 1, 18 to 24. We're kind of like reading the Christmas story in reverse. You know, earlier on, we, we talk about the birth of Christ. And then now, you're gonna, we're going to be reading Matthew chapter 1 uh, on how Joseph, from the lineage of David, Joseph, uh, in a way, uh, uh, Jesus' foster dad, uh, how he got the news. Okay? So Matthew chapter 1, um, we're going to read from verse 18 to 24. It says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed, engaged to Joseph, 
before they came together, that means before they got married, before they consummated, before they, you know, uh, celebrated that union, she was found with child, but not just any child, child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you Mary as wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took him his wife. Amen. You know, okay, right? How does this speak of repairing? Okay, this is where I, 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 I want you to follow my thought, right? God is in the picture, right? God hasn't spoken a single word, right? The angel was speaking on behalf of God, but God is in the picture. God was already in Mary's womb. You see, when you begin to reposition God in your life, it's an internal act. It's on the inside. No, God hasn't spoken anything yet, but things are beginning to happen. Jesus wasn't even born yet, but things were beginning to happen. He was just a good news in the picture, but things were beginning to happen. What kind of things? God was beginning to repair all of creation. Oh, that, that, that sounds deep, Pastor. Well, what do you mean? Follow, follow my, my train of thought here. Now, if you're familiar with the Christian faith, you would know that as Christians, we believe the reason we worship Jesus is because He is the Son of God who came to save us. How did He save us? He bore all of our sin. Sin, that's right. As Christians, we believe that as talented and as amazing as human beings have the capacity for good, many times, most of the time, and all we have to do, you don't even need to study the Bible, just study history, you'll realize that our capacity and our willingness to do evil far outweighs our willingness to do good. And there is something within us. There is a sin nature within us. And that's why we, we, we say this all the time, right? You never, you have to teach a child how to use the toilet. You have to teach a child how to speak. You have to teach a child how to write. You have to teach a child how to dress themselves. But you never have to teach them how to lie. You never have to teach them how to be selfish. Because again, the problem with humanity is the human problem. We've, we are sinful. God didn't create us as sinful. When God created us, all things were good, but we were tempted and we fell into sin. How do we tempt? How, how, how do we fall into sin? How were we tempted? The devil tempted us, but it was the woman who, who was first deceived. So, summary, the fall of humanity started through one woman's doubt. And that led to sin. And that sin spilled over to the man, her partner by her side, and that man's first sinful act, well, one of his first sinful acts, was to point the finger of blame. And, and, and in a way, you know, that has also been a problem of humanity. We're all sinners, but we all think it's somebody else's fault. We are all tempted, we're all fallen, yet in our fallen state, we are very good at pointing the finger at another person. That's how humanity falls. One woman's doubt led to sin, and that sin gave birth to many evil things, starting with the very first act of finger-pointing and public shaming by the man to his wife. The woman! We don't have time to go. You can go into Genesis, but... Okay, this is my dramatized. The woman! Adam, where are you? The woman that you gave me! Man's first act. 
Many times you think, oh, woman, you know, if you, if you didn't take the fruit, you know, we'll all be living in paradise. But, you know, men equally guilty, we, 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 we shift the blame. But, but do you see, in Christmas, one woman's faith led to salvation and a man wanting to cover another's shame. Do you see? Do you see the parallels? Friends, you got to read the Bible, you know, New Testament, Old Testament together. Do you see when God entered in, that's why God says, behold, I do a new thing. When Jesus entered in, before He spoke, He's the Word of God, the living Word. But even before He spoke, He began to reverse the curse. He began to repair the damage. The moment He entered in, the moment Mary said yes to carrying God, Ho! Oh, it began to happen. Her faith, that, that simple yes, yes Lord, do it, began the seed of salvation. And then God began to repair through that faith. God began to repair, spill over. And now you have here a Joseph who the Bible says was a righteous man and not wanting to make a public ridicule. So opposite from Adam decided to, I will cover her shame privately. You know, I don't understand. He, he didn't know that it was God yet, but when he knew that it was God, he said yes. And, and sometimes we, 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 we forget that he wasn't just saying, okay, fine, God, I'll let you have first dibs on uh, you know, my wife's womb. Uh, fine, God, I'll agree to babysit Jesus. No, 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 no. This, this, was, this was back then when it was... Uh, public shaming culture. And so when Joseph said yes to God, he was also saying, yes, Mary, I will bear this shame, quote-unquote shame, with you. I will bear this burden of faith with you. When people don't understand, we will understand. We have each other. When people begin to gossip and say that we probably messed up, we know what we did and we will stand firm together. Do you see the healing? The first sin, when sin first entered the world, it fractured a marriage. When Jesus entered the world, it strengthened an engaged couple. Do you see, do you see the beauty of, 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 of the story of the Bible, how Jesus began to reverse the curse? So friends, I want to declare over you, you know, the moment Jesus enters the picture of your life, more good begins to happen than we realize. You know, and for some of us, you really need to hear this because you'll be thinking, oh, I really want to put this. Uh, fine, Lord, I give in. Lord, I saw, I'm so sorry. I, 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 I've, I've lost my way. Come be Lord again. Lord, I've, I've backslidden the whole year. Lord, come. You know, some, sometimes, you know, I, I, I can, can I be real? Okay, don't hate me. Just real past the moment here. You can, you can send angry letters later. Please don't. I, my, I, my heart can't take it, okay? Sometimes, you know, as pastors, we see people make decisions for, for, for Jesus all the time. And, 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 and of course, not all of those decisions immediately lead towards a revived life. You know, sometimes people make decisions one day and then they backslide another and then we, we, we don't see them entire year. Then we see them again next year, Christmas. And, and even among Christians, you know, sometimes we, 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 uh, we, 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 you know, we, we laugh, you know, we say, that, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a CEO Christian, you know, Christmas Easter only CEO, you know, and, and we think that, oh, that, that's a statement of pride, uh, but there are a lot of CEO Christians, right? And, and I hope that there will be less CEO Christians, but the truth is that there are, for whatever reason, friends, okay, long story short, whatever reason, I'm so glad you made it this morning. I, we're not here to judge you. Even if today is the first service of this entire year or some years, I want you to know that God loves you. And that the moment you allow God into the picture, more good is beginning to happen. More good is beginning to happen. Has Jesus spoken yet in Matthew chapter 1? Not yet. We're not even born. But you, the healing of all creation has begun to happen. You don't let the devil shame you. And don't let other Christians make fun of you as well. 
you know, and Christians were only human. Even as a pastor, sometimes I can be like, oh man, oh no, I hope I don't see the person, you know, once a year, oh no, that guy, you know, he comes every Christmas. But sometimes I, when I have thoughts like that, I got to repent and say, God, forgive me. Who am I to judge my brother? Who am I? God, you know, one touch from God is, is, is all that's needed. And so friends, some of you here, I don't know what it took you to wake up to get to this point, maybe join a watch party or just tune in online. I want you to know the very fact that you're here, the fact that you're listening to this, the very fact that you're even opening to the idea of responding to God. All Joseph did was respond to the angel of the Lord and says, yes, I, I will say yes to this plan. Would you say yes to God? Don't worry about the details. Don't worry about how the different mess in your life, how that will be fixed. It will be fixed because God is powerful. And the moment you say yes to Him, you, know, you, you can't see it, but, but you know, in, in, in science, we, we talk about you know, subatomic, subatomic, stuff happening smaller than the atom, but it's happening, subatomic, right? Just throwing out words there. Can I throw out a new coin or phrase, you know, that, that subatomic is not, doesn't just happen in the science sphere, it happens in the, in the faith sphere as well. Sometimes when you say yes to God, you can't feel it, you don't see it, but something in the subatomic level of faith is beginning to happen. Healing is beginning to happen. Restoration is beginning to happen. The curse over your life is being reversed. The situation that, that you are stuck in is beginning to uh, heal itself. Restrained relationships are coming back together. Chains, even if you feel like they're not broken yet, chains are beginning to rust. And it's just a matter of time matter of time. So here's the challenge. If just saying yes to God leads to so much repair, don't stop at yes. You know, in Monopoly, we have a saying, don't stop at go. <laughs> don't stop at yes. Keep going forward. Amen? Point number three, rejoice. 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 Repositioning leads to repair and repair leads to rejoicing. Rejoice. Celebrate. All right? Let's turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 35. Uh, Luke chapter 1, 36 to, uh, 26 to 35. If you're there, can I hear a good amen? Amen. And it says this, right? Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God. Again, this is reverse order. So we saw how Jesus was born. We saw how the news came to Joseph. Now we see how the news came to Mary, okay? Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named uh, Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. We read his story. Now let's move on to the mother's story. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice! Highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when he saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be? Since I do not know a man, since I have not been intimate with a man, how can I be of child? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. I want us to focus on rejoice. Now the version we use is the New King James Version. Full disclosure, only the New King James Version says, Rejoice! Every other no, later translation uses this word, Greetings! Greetings! And so, it's not, it's not an error, right? So, let me... It's okay if we go in a little bit deeper, right? So, what it means is this, right? So, the, gre the, the rejoice is also not a, a polite rejoice. You know, sometimes Christians, we, we take this Christian word and, and we rob it of its power. Rejoice, not say become rejoice, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. You know, we make it into some Sunday school song. No, no, no. Uh, you know, rejoice uh, uh, and, and, and all the transitions saying greeting and, and, and so none of them are wrong. None of them are, are, 
encompass uh, uh, each other. In fact, we need to put them together. If, 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 in other words, the angel didn't come and go like, Greetings, Mary! The angel didn't come. I don't know why the angel has an English accent. But, but the, angel, the angel didn't come and go like, Hello! You know, uh, 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 didn't ring the doorbell. No, no, no. Rejoice! Greeting! Put them together. This is more like how the angel appeared to Mary. Yay! Highly favored one! The angel was using rejoice, the, the, the desire to find joy, to, to, to celebrate, to be happy, and using it as a greeting. You know, have you, have you, uh, uh, you know, when you see a friend, you know, who's, who just, I don't know, just passed their exam, right? You don't go like, hello, dear friend, we meet again. No, the first thing you say to them is, yay! Followed by, congratulations! But you don't go like, hello, congratulations. You know, if you have friends like that, you need more friends. Anyway, uh, uh, instead, you go like, yay! Right? When someone gets engaged, you, you don't go like, oh, nice ring you have there. No, you go like, yay! You're engaged! And so, you know, sometimes we read the Bible, you know, in English is not, not, not enough. Not, not, so we got to read all the translations, put them together. And so the angel was saying, yay! Highly favored one! And that's why Mary's like, oh, what kind of greeting is this? Right? You have an angel of being a pure light coming out, yay! You know, she was freaking out. And so, we need to remember that there is reason in this Christmas to go, yay! And many times when we read this, we get fixated and we think that, wow, Mary, wow, Mary, did you know? You know, like we, we make it all about Mary and Mary. It's not about Mary. I mean, it is about Mary. But Mary was the first of many people who now, in Christ, also have the right to rejoice. Because what, what did the angel say? The angel says, Yay! Rejoice, Mary! Right? Highly favored one. Has she done anything yet? No, she's already highly favored. Right? And it says that, alright, before you do anything, you're already highly favored. The Lord, and why... Can you be yay? Why are you highly favored? Because the Lord is with you. Why are you blessed among many women? Because the Lord is with you. And then she clarified, whoa, whoa what kind of greeting is this? Verse 30, don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. In other words, the angel was yaying, rejoicing, because Mary was going to be a vessel for God. And the reason why I say it's about Mary, but not solely about her, is because today, because of the finished work on the cross, it's not just Mary that is highly favoured. All of us who call Jesus Christ Lord and Savior, now we too have the Holy Spirit living in us. Well, well, Mary had the Holy Spirit in her, and that Holy Spirit within her gave birth to a child. And so when we have the Holy Spirit within us, because Jesus came, Jesus came. Christmas is about Jesus coming. Because Jesus came, we now have the Holy Spirit within us. And yes, Mary was the first to be told, Rejoice! But she shall not be the last. And now today, we too share in this privilege. Christmas reminds us that God wants to be with us. Wants to. Christmas reminds us that God is in us. And He wants to deposit salvation within us. He wants to use us. When Jesus came, He didn't choose a queen. Didn't choose royal. The, the royal lineage came from Joseph. But Mary, nobody knows much about her lineage. But very likely, not royal. You would think, right? 
that, oh, king of kings, but I must use, you know, I, I shouldn't use the word purebred, but you know, like, 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 like you know, wow, strong lineage. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You know, uh, uh, you know, like, like, you know, good genes, whatever, but, but you, you never say that Mary was chosen because she had good genes, she was chosen because she's beautiful. She, no. God used her. And it was a reminder that God loves us so much that He will come to our level. Just think about it for a while. The Lord of all creation loves us so much, He will come to our level and He will use. In ancient times, in today, right, where we're all about like, oh, gender equality, yeah, women, women power. Back then, women had no power. Women had no authority. Women, you know, oftentimes, many times, were in a, in a, in a Jewish culture, were not even allowed to own things. And yet God chose her as the vessel. God chooses the lowly. And, and, and if that doesn't give us the right to rejoice, which is this, if you feel lowly about yourself, rejoice, God can use you. If you feel that, no, I, I don't know much, God can use you. It doesn't say that Mary went to top university. You know, just yesterday, I don't know why, dinner conversation, we were just looking to the top 50 universities in the world. Mary did not enroll in any of them. God rejoice because God does not look at our education background. Rejoice because God does not look at our social status. Rejoice because God wants to be with us and He is with us. And Mary showed the way by saying yes to God. Today, we too can also carry the presence of God and the Holy Spirit, I believe, you know, is depositing, depositing salvation in us. When I say salvation, I don't just mean salvation for yourself, but, but, but salvation, healing for your family, for, for your colleagues. God is, God is putting in you dreams and the desires and the ability to do so much more for Him. I wrote here, we can rejoice. Christmas teaches us that rejo- our rejoicing is not based or limited by our surrounding or our upbringing, but by the truth that God is in us. Mary was called highly favored one because God was with her. Friends, today, if you're a believer, if you're born again, God is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. You know, we, we, we many times look at Mary, put her on a, on a pedestal, but God says all of us can be like her. All of us can be used by God like her. All of us can also spiritually give birth, release something you know, into this broken creation that will usher in new creation, new salvation. So rejoice. Rejoice. I don't know what 2024 will look like, but rejoice. I, I don't know whether the stock market will crash. I can tell you, rejoice. I don't know whether there'll be, I don't know, pandemic, flu epidemic, you know, God forbid. But I can tell you, even if all that, we can still rejoice because none of that will change the fact that God is in us. And so, friends, when you begin to reposition your life, it leads to immediate repair. And that repair begins to make yourself a suitable vessel for God to use again. You know, if 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 I want to, you know, if, if I want to pour in some, I don't drink much, but but if I want to pour in, I don't know, you know, like like some fancy wine, you know, I, I the first thing I gotta do is I gotta make sure that the glass that I I, I serve that I pour into is clean. Yeah. And how do you clean a glass? Do you clean on the outside? No, Jesus teaches us clean on the inside. Mm. And we begin to reposition your life. This is how you remember Christmas, friends. Reposition. Let God repair and then be a vessel. And from there, we can rejoice. Because when God's presence is in you, no matter what mountain you're facing, you can climb it. Rejoice. So maybe for some of us here, you know, the angel said, rejoice, do not be afraid. The same I say to you, don't be afraid. Whatever 2024 brings, don't be afraid. Oh, why? 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 What justification can I be to be so bold, so confident? God is with you. If you're born again, believer, God is with you. And that is all the reason you need to rejoice. Maybe this year you fill some exams, but rejoice because God is with you. And because He's in you and with you, He can have you pass. Maybe you're applying for something and you're not sure of the outcome. You know, it doesn't matter what's happening around you as long as God is in you. So make sure you reposition. Make sure you allow God to repair. And make sure you rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. 
because God is more than able. Amen? You know, that's how we celebrate Christmas. Amen? By responding to God. Amen? Can I just, you know, invite us to just right now begin to, you know, as we close today's service, let's begin to respond. Let's begin to respond. You know, let's begin to say yes to God. This is what Christmas is really about. There's so much more. It's not, it's, it's, it's about power. Christmas is about power. The God of all creation downsized himself into a human baby so that he can be with us. If it, you know, so, so have you ever wondered, like, if God, couldn't you come in more glorious way? Couldn't you come as a fully formed human being, just zapped down, teleported down from heaven? That way nobody ever needs to doubt that, that, that you are, you know, not of this earth. But God chose to come through a humble vessel to remind us, rejoice. I use the lowly things of this earth. I use the foolish to lead the wise. I use the weak to lead the strong. I am that kind of God. I could have come in a fully formed human being, but I come as a baby so that all that power of all creation could be condensed and downsized to a toddler that is small enough and intimate enough for Mary and Joseph to hold in their arms. That goes to show you how close God wants to be God is all-powerful, but He wants you to know He can be as close as somebody that you can hold in your arms. And so would you respond? Would you respond? Amen. He is Alpha, Omega, but He is also deeply personal. You know, this year, if your priorities have gone on whack, why don't we take this time to just repent and respond? He says, God, I've lost my way. God, I've lost my way. Some of us, we don't even know how to get home, how to fix our lives. Hey, good news. You don't have to fix it. God can fix it. He's Savior. All you need to do is cry out for help and say, God, I've lost my way. God, help me. I don't know how to get home. God, bring me home. God, bring me home. And the beautiful thing about the Christmas story is this that Jesus didn't send two tablets with the address to heaven. Jesus came from heaven to earth to show the way and make the way so that we can find our way home. Yes, He is the God that will bring us home. So if that's you, why don't you begin to allow God to bring you home, reposition. Get yourself off number one. Put Him as number one. Make Him Lord over your life again. Make Him the final authority. And as you do that, I declare and I proclaim healing, restoration, repair, a reverse of all that you've been through. The God who loves you is beginning to knit you back begin to heal you back, begin to nurse you back to health again, would you let Him do it? And friends, let's begin to rejoice because He loves us. Let's begin to rejoice because He not only is with us, but He wants to be with us. So the question is, what will your response be? God has already laid all his cards on the table. God has already made the first move. All you have to do now is respond. Lord, I want to pray for two groups of people. I want to pray for Christians first, and then I'm going to talk to some of our friends who are not yet Christians. So as Christians, hey, let's take this time to just repent and return. Lord, we come before you. Forgive us, Lord, if we've got carried up in the buzz of Christmas celebration. Lord, we come back. You are Lord. You are Savior. Have your way in our lives. Forgive us 
we've lost our way. Truly, truly forgive us. More than words, forgive us. We truly need your healing. We truly need your touch. We are lost without you. We are hopeless without you. Lord, we are so weak. We are so lost. We don't even know how to get home. Bring us home, Lord. Bring us home. And Lord, would you begin to fix the areas in our lives that have been damaged by our waywardness. And Lord, help us to also not just see you as a doctor, someone that we run away from the moment we are healed up. But Lord, would you heal us and use us to bring healing to others. Friends, rejoice. Whatever you're going through, God wants to heal you and use that as a healing to others. Rejoice. God has a plan for you. Yay! God has a plan for you. Yay! The world might say you're not good enough. God says you are good enough. Oh, yay! Because the, lo- the world might not pick you, but God picks you. And that is more than enough reason for us to s- go to the bed smiling from ear to ear. You are wanted. You are loved. God, bring us back. Thank you for all that you've done. We bend our knee at the power of Christmas. Help us not just to remember, but to live it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.